You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. So, Eric, there are just some of those questions that you and I get that we think, oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard this, you know, heard this Mm -hmm. statement, which, you know, you're over there in in Scotland. So, you know, if you if you had a pound for every time, (laughs) if you had five pence for every time that someone said this, let's try and make this a global program. Exactly. Let's let's make it relevant globally. Yeah, Yeah, we talk talk a lot about like the excuses people bring to the table just right at the get go about why they are not going to do social or why they're industry is somehow magically excluded from the need to work on social and upskill mm. people on social and lo and behold <laughs> we were just on clubhouse and you and mm-hmm. i were co-presenting with a great group of, of of colleagues and sure enough you pull someone up to the stage and they say well i'd like to start by saying that my yeah. industry does not need social and i'm thinking then why are you on this clubhouse <laughs> and i guess the most concerning thing for me was when i brought that lovely person up to the stage was he was talking about the industry that i grew up in for 30 years mm. so that the oil the gas industry mm. so um so yeah it's a, it's a it's a huge problem and yeah we would have whether it's nickels five pence or pounds coins <laughs> um we would be absolutely absolutely rich I, I i guess it just worries me the the level of so so having done this for a while and i know you want to go go back and kind of unpack this a bit but having done this for a while and now you know meeting management teams in different sectors and all of that um regularly and hearing either the i love when you meet people who who don't know what they don't know I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it becomes more painful and more concerning for me when we meet people who actively want to just put up uh, maybe a bit of ego or a bit of history or, you know, this doesn't apply to us because or we're already slaying it here because I can completely resonate with that from my history. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Well, I do love your story. So, so share with the audience here a little bit about how you were the MD and how how you came about this this moment of a realization that your yeah. industry also was being disrupted and you had to pay attention and, and that this was the way, as the Mandalorian says, this is the way. <laughs> yeah, quite right. <laughs> this is the way. Absolutely. So, yeah. so real quick, um, uh, it's not all about me, but this happens to be all about me, which is cool. Um, uh, 30 years in oil and gas. Um, I, I started off in technical roles. I was actually a, 
Um, you know, you see these pictures of uh, offshore drilling rigs where they're floating about in the sea and all the roughnecks are doing the thing. So I was an electrician on one of those offshore drilling rigs for 10 years. Uh, I then moved into health and safety and quality. I then moved into um, sales, marketing and BD. And from quite an early age, I was sent away to school by a really big company, a global subsea company, subsea engineering company in oil and gas to learn all about the rudiments of sales market and BD. And it was all very, do you remember Miller Hyman and all those kind of the blue sheets and all of that? So it was all very regimented and this is what you do and you do that and it works. So I got this solid grounding in traditional antique sales marketing and BD. Um, and I was really lucky that I made some some nice choices and met some nice people in my life and managed to, towards the end of my career, get, in, get into management and leadership roles uh, in oil and gas service sector. So I always worked for very small companies. Um, nothing nothing greater than kind of 20 million turnover. So in oil and gas terms, that's quite small. Um, um, but I worked with some, some super, super groups and I got into the position where I was lucky enough to be managing director of small service companies, board member of slightly larger service companies. And I I, because I had the sales and marketing background, I used to come in in the morning with the, the Starbucks and the newspaper and go straight to sales and see how the guys were doing because that was a safe place for me, that lingo. I grew up in that world. I understand, understood their language. But I noticed every day, every week, every month, these, the, the shoulders were getting lower, less leads coming from marketing, harder to get in. And I would ask the questions, you know, guys, we're in March now. And we said in December we'd be into those three top target accounts to get in amongst all their history and what they're going to be doing with their projects and all that we're still not in and I could see the the, the blood filling up in the eyes you know if, if we make another phone call and I can leave more voicemail we're going to be accused of being stalkers <laughs> we might get restraining orders if we send if we send another email it's ridiculous you know no one's no one's talking to us we can't get in so these are people that had you know 25 years in the industry that were 10 years ago were absolutely slaying it in sales but sales then was how many people can we take to the, the rugby at the weekend or the cricket match or whatever it might be? How many people can we take out on, to fancy restaurants and dine and wine and dine and all of that? That's all gone. Right. How do we get how do we get in touch with people? So it was really hard for them. But I noticed something happened in, in uh, 17, summer of 17. So I, <laughs> I was we were talking about this earlier on that that. To me, as the, the MD of a company, we would sit down and we would make our sales and marketing plan for the year. And we would get to the marketing bit. And I, I quite liked the marketing piece. I, 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 kind of, I kind of enjoyed all the fun that went with it. For me, I, never, I always used to tell the people that worked with me in marketing that whenever we had discussions about marketing, I wanted it to be fun because marketing should be fun, right? We shouldn't be getting it strung out be. of it. That's yeah, right. it should be. Why do you think I'm here, Eric? <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. This is great. This is where we're 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 telling the world about you know come and look at us this is great look at what we're doing it's fabulous and we're working out new and interesting ways to do that but I, I remember and it's it makes me slightly embarrassed but I remember sitting down saying right what are we going to be doing and and the the lovely people in marketing would say we're going to go to these shows so there's a there's a cost there we're going to go to those shows so we need some stands built right and we're going to need brochures and t-shirts and pins and badges and all of that right cool what else we're going to revamp our website Okay, magic. What else are we going to do? We're going to we're going to do new brochures. <laughs> Did you know that there's one word you're not allowed to say here at Little Bird Marketing, and that is trifold brochure. <laughs> really? They say that the the standard in marketing is you can't use Comic Sans, but let me assure you, the trifold brochure is right behind it. <laughs> the trifold brochure. So we need we need trifold brochures. Exactly. 
We may even do we may check done marketing done. Um, so uh, we're going to do that. We're gonna we're gonna get new t-shirts printed up for the guys. Excellent, excellent. Slaying marketing right now, uh, and we're gonna post every week on LinkedIn. Okay, so that's social taken care of. Tick. We are we are done, guys. We are done. We can go into the next year on fire. Um, so that that was it, and I remember. Um, our, our social media strategy involved someone in marketing would post a, here's a lovely picture of our shiny thing. If you need a shiny thing, contact us. And we would then be instructed either by email or from a knock on the door, go and open LinkedIn and share that thing. Because that's what we did. Oh, gosh. Okay, can so we just would... have a minor break right here in the show to say, we are not interested in your employees just regurgitating <laughs> your corporate message. We're not. <laughs> but the thing is, though, the thing is, full disclosure, right? And this again is is embarrassing. This is like uh, this is like the AA meeting, right? But but I I I left there. If if I'd been interviewed or or asked by anyone as the MD of that company, are you guys? Do you guys have a social media strategy? Yeah, yeah, we do. Of course we do. <laughs> Of course we do. All the all the marketing team are all over it. We're all over it. We post stuff all the time. It's brilliant. We're we are there. We are on it. So, yeah, clearly, clearly, uh, you know, looking back, and I sometimes do look back because that is all still there on my profile. If you go back a couple of years, it's all still there. The trauma is still there. <laughs> sometimes I go back. I'll sit with a bottle of whiskey at night, like like an old Hollywood film in black and white, and I'll sit and I'll go back look at the old days. Oh it's just awful. Gosh, oh gosh. Well, I, I I asked you to be on here because of this one interesting excuse. You and I talk about this a lot. This doesn't pertain to my industry, but mm-hmm. every industry is facing disruption. And I kind of liken it to, you know, that frog that's boiling in water. It's like, you know, just yep. move it up a degree, a degree. And these guys were not aware, really. It, it takes it takes basically a company failing or their career failing before they go, yep. wait a minute were we failing? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I I think this is also true, whether it's 20 million or 200 million or 20 billion company, or if it's a $200,000 company, a lot of times that um, even that solopreneur, that business development officer, as you Mm. go up, they are not even aware they're out of business sometimes, even when, I mean, their doors are open, but they are effectively (laughs) out of business and they haven't, it's like they haven't been told yet that their company's yes. done, right? Absolutely. And then we experienced that even deeper in the pandemic. So so let's let's kind of couch that. So this was 2017. What happened to you then? And uh, you know how what your the story that you have actually pertains to this subject matter about how yeah, quote unquote very much it so. doesn't apply. So what happened That's right. in 2017? So 2017, summer of 2017, I remember exactly where I was and I opened LinkedIn to share that marketing post and I noticed that a prospect of ours, a really big company, had put up one of their guys had put up a question on LinkedIn. So I, I looked at this post and I looked at the responders and all of the responses were from our competition at the time. And they were all saying, you need the XYZ. We've got four available. We've, we've got guys available. We can down at the Harbor. We can, we can, and it was all solutions and jumping to contact me. I've got the answer. I've got the answer. So I thought, right, I'm, 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 I'm going to break the habit of a lifetime. And I reached down and a cold sweat, I broke out. I'm actually going to type something and add, contribute something to LinkedIn right now. So I, I, I put a note up there saying, we need, we need much more information from you, but we want to know how you got into the situation. I mean, we want to know what you want for the lifetime of the system. And, and the guy said, finally, someone treats me like an adult on LinkedIn. Wow. We jumped into the direct messages. We chat, chat, chatted. We ended up over there 
we ended up proposing some work and we ended up winning a big chunk of work at a very healthy margin. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we unpacked that, um, and we actually unseated our biggest competitor, which was just a joy. When we unpacked that and we got away from all that, we cleared away all the champagne bottles and, and the, from the party, <laughs> we, we went right back in this sort of after action review and said, hold on a second. All the sales guys are all high-fiving each other. It's absolutely brilliant. We nailed that fantastic job. But actually, the very first little connection that was made was between me and a person on LinkedIn. How does that work? How do you how do you take a social media chat and convert that into EBITDA? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. And I said, so can anyone explain this to me in the team? And there was all kind of like, who cares? We want a job. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Where is the next bottle of champagne? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Stop talking rubbish and carry on and put more music on and right, shut up. Right. Um, so, so I was like, so that was the seed planted. I started reading. I started reading this book, that book. I found I found books on social selling from American tech giants, and I was like, I can't really get my head around this. I read a book from a from a lady in the states, but it was all about making video, and I was like, I I'm I don't understand anything about me. How can I? I'm the MD of a service company in, in oil and gas in Aberdeen. How can I possibly make videos and make, I don't understand this. And then I read a book by a dude called Tim Hughes. Mm, yeah. And that's, that, that was, this is my journey. So I read this book and I actually, it made me feel really upset. I've told them this. I've told them this. It made me feel really upset. It made me feel as if my throat was tightening, like my shirt was tightening around my throat. I almost had a mild panic attack. <laughs> No, I'm I'm serious. I had a mild panic attack because Tim Tim's book, Social Selling: How to Influence uh, Influence Buyers and Change Makers, appealed to me because it was written by someone who used to do what I did for a living. He was the senior vice president of sales, and he was writing. So I'm reading this, and I'm going, "This is a business person who, in very very nice, easy to follow terms, is telling me that if I do certain things, I can change my whole company's dynamic." And I looked at the date that this book had been written and wish I'd got it. I wish I'd had it in my hands a couple of years earlier mm. because I think I would have been a different leader. I think I'm pretty sure I would have been a more effective sales leader because I would have been a trailblazer in a sector well ahead of its time. Right. Well, well ahead, well ahead of my time. An interesting point too is not only was he leading at a company, you know, in much the same way you were leading, but he was mm. also lead. It was Oracle. Here's accounting software. Talk about people who say, "Oh, this doesn't apply to us." I mean, you yeah. know, we're enterprise. We're we have all the brand awareness. We have, you know, we're not out there looking for you know more exposure. Everybody, knows, we're the giants. Like we just wait for people to come to us. That's the mainstream thought in a company like Oracle. And yet that's not the tack he took. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so I, um, I, I contacted Tim. I managed to, uh, I decided that me and corporate life was done and I wanted to get into, uh, to work in my own. So I set up a consultancy with my wife and, uh, I contacted Tim and I said, hi, I read your book a while ago and you said that if I ever wanted to, you know, I'm testing what you say in the book. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just hit me up on LinkedIn. So I'm doing that now. And within 10 minutes, he came back and he said, why don't we have a call? Why don't we jump on Zoom? So I jumped on Zoom and I got even more upset because (laughs) I started talking to this guy and he's telling me that basically everything that I'd considered as reality for the last 15 years, 10, 15 years, was predicated on, um, you know, ancient, ancient text, like Sanskrit text (laughs) found out in the desert, you know, and I'd I'd been trying to, (laughs) I'd been trying to build forecast and build EBITDA on on these things that were really shaky, really outdated, almost like 
almost like the equivalent of telling everyone that like we're not going to use company vehicles anymore. Everyone has to come to work on penny farthings. <laughs> um, so so and I and I began to get really upset because I thought I've I've had my head in the sand doing for the last twenty years, mm-hmm. doing and doing trying to do you know in really hard you know really hard hard yards really difficult difficult high pressure work environments trying to slay those numbers every quarter sometimes managing it sometimes beating it mostly failing to be quite honest and uh i've missed a hole like a, a bus has pulled up alongside us a big party bus which is the big social party bus and i never saw it mm. it just drove on past right i had my head down busy on numbers, busy in spreadsheets, if we can do more of that or less of that. So I um, I thought long and hard, Tim said, you'd be you'd be perfect to jump on board as a, as a, a DLA associate. I thought about it for a little while. I thought, surely this is just snake oil. Surely this is just two old dudes with a, with a, some magic and smoking mirrors. But I went in, I started doing more research and I thought, yeah. And I jumped on board, trained with the, the guys. And now I go back to the people like me I meet them three, four, five times a week. It's almost like mirror images. And I meet the people that were like me back in 17. Right. That were like me. And I help them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like um, helping people across that bridge to say social is not silly. Is that me yeah. breaking it down almost too much? But yeah. I think we we think so highly of our work and we are experts in our, you know, in our uh, careers, yeah. in our industries. But that doesn't mean that we have to be unapproachable um, and that we have to uh, maybe embellish the mystique. <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know, we, people are so often are trying to portray something different out there and are afraid to say things like what you said to this guy was, tell me how you got in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. actually interested in because now all of a sudden I'm talking to you as a person as opposed mm. to this professional to professional, you know, type of thing, <laughs> right? And I can see how, especially in oil and gas, that would have been a very hard thing to break down. That is a very male uh, industry. Uh, yep. That's very traditional industry. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an incredibly old history, you know, it, yep. for that industry. So I can see that that would have been an incredibly hard one to break into. So tell me, you know, you and I talk all the time about um, when we finish up teaching, you know, a social influencer course, we're like, okay, this is what happened to one of my students. This is what happened, you know, and we love sharing this kind of information. But uh, you just finished up this one with um, six people in this industry. And I I want you to share what, what happened in this group because it literally blew my mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, yeah, my my sweet spot and the and the people that I like to help are are the, the people that work in the industry that I was in for thirty years. So I naturally gravitate back towards energy service sector. So those are the companies that that are the service providers to the oil companies. So the the hundreds and thousands of them, thousands, hundreds of thousands of them that are out there that do things to make oil and energy come out the ground or be produced leaner, quicker, faster, whatever. So I naturally gravitate towards them because I understand them. So I, I hooked up with a company that works actually in that sector and in others. They're in construction and all sorts of things, but they've still got a foot in oil and gas and energy. Um, and this was a kind of forward-thinking company. Luckily, they had a COO that was fairly active on on uh, on social, and actually um, put social on quite a high pedestal, even though he's 50 years old, within his family group. You know, active kids that he supported to do TikTok stuff and things like that. So quite a young-minded CEO in his fifties of an industrial services company, 
Um, and we basically hooked up. We decided that we were going to do a, a fairly in-depth strategic review of what they were doing and put a strategy in place and put a mission statement in place for social and all of that. And then we took six of their team through a 12-week transformation. So we start with, you know, how do we get buyer-centric? How do we get a digitally digitally optimized brands, where growing your network, being found, all that kind of good stuff, pulling all the way through to content plans. And so I think, I mean, the guys, the guys that are listening to this would, would, would probably agree. I don't think there would be any, anybody falling out with me about the time, but the first meeting was all, a little bit kind of, you know, the CEO said, we're going to do this and we're going to jump on this call. So there were a few that were sitting a little bit tight on the, on the first meeting because they were still of that mode that, that this is, this is about, you know, this guy, if this guy mentions Facebook, I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if this guy mentions me doing a dance on TikTok, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm out. Although uh, I have to say, you and I now have a friend in common, Patrick Oslowski, and yeah. he will do a TikTok dance on LinkedIn. And yeah, and, and, and we love it. And we love it. And we love it. Yeah, and he should never stop. He should yeah. never stop. Yeah, so they come but, into it because their thought is exactly what we're talking about today. This does not apply to me doesn't apply to me how how will this how will doing this you know i'm the coo of a company you know we turn over 20 25 million we're in serious sectors refineries uh, power um we're in oil and gas how on earth does this generate me any any revenue how does this work for demand gen for my products and services i don't understand so um and I guess, I guess we, when we go through the our, our of training, there's a beautiful moment. Having now taken a, a, a number of client groups through this, there's this beautiful moment around about module three, when we're in this whole sort of other other networks and being found kind of arena, where I notice there's a there's a thunk, there's an audible thunk, <laughs> where where people realise that this ah right, so this this wasn't just about putting flowers in my profile on LinkedIn. This wasn't just about silliness. This is about, and it's the, it's the term that we use that really gets the attention, digital dominance. Digital dominance. Who doesn't want digital dominance in your markets or your verticals? Who doesn't want digital dominance in 2021 over the competition? Right. So if, if we, so yes, there's a LinkedIn part. Yes, there's other platforms that are involved. If we link all of those together, and if we start producing content at particular scale if we start using particular hashtags guys guess what we get digital dominance all over that whole space that whole space we turn the volume down in a very graceful and elegant way we turn the volume down digitally so that all of your competition pretty much disappear and you are the google answer to those questions that you'd love to be the answer to you are the only answer in town and you see business people going Oh, right. Oh, yeah. You know right. why? Because they finally make the connection that in their own human life, when they have a question, guess what they do? They get their little <laughs> smartphone out and they start typing. And they're looking for that thought leader. They're looking, yep. really, to jump to a conclusion as quickly as possible about who is the person who can help me the best. Mm -hmm. Right, because they don't want to waste their time. And then yep. once people realize that the way that they act in their own personal life is the thing they need to prep for. <laughs> they yeah, want people to yeah. come and find them first. Well, I yeah, feel totally. like you're right. It's in that moment when they make that connection. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to make it easy for someone yeah. who has money in their pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not just to find me. Yeah, not not even just to find me. But as soon as they even think, almost think, or put their hands anywhere near a keyboard, 
my company, my people's right. profiles, all of that is the answer to right. those questions. Right. So then you see them and, and it's, it's just beautiful. Then you see them get to the point where they're like, right, so we use LinkedIn for this. We use other platforms for that. We use this for that. We tie everything together doing that. We're putting, we're, we're putting massive amounts of digitally optimized keyword content out there being constantly indexed by Google and Bing. This is just absolutely, this is proper digital dominance in 2021, not just, hey guys, we're going to do some LinkedIn training today. Right. It, you know, and I think a lot of them think we're going to start doing that. No, no, this is really serious. This right. is serious. This is, this is proper. And I say, it, I say it to a lot of my, my clients. I know you do too. This is proper. The very definition of business transformation because after our 12-week program, I guarantee you that all of you guys are going to be speaking a different language. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're going to be speaking a different language. Now, it's an absolute joy to hear slightly older CFOs, CEOs who came into the machine reticent and a little bit kind of like, what is this going to be doing? Seeing the results and then coming out the end and on our on our calls, arguing whether we should be, should we, should we, should we really be, uh, only be getting two or three tweets out of that content so we can put it on buffer, guys? Should we not be getting more out of our content? Should we not be trying to be more efficient? And you just sit back and listening to these people trying to work out how we get content, keyword optimized content onto the internet more effectively using maybe a little bit of automation here or there or whatever and arguing the toss amongst themselves. Right, like, right. Like like social sellers. Well, right? the thing is, is that these are people who said, wait a minute, this doesn't apply to my industry. And then the results of this was in that three week, I'm sorry, in that three, um, uh, three month time, mm. those six people alone generated over 1.9 million views of their posts. And so that's, uh, when you talk about digital dominance, it's there, but can you back us up a little bit? That's all well and good. That's, you know, people seeing us, but mm. what did they actually experience in terms of the you know revenue generation what, what yeah sure sure these? so so those guys will tell you that that they when i joined them they had a number uh of sales qualified leads that they they got in a month they had said we'd like another 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 couple that would be great if we could do by summer of 21 after we've done this and we get a bit more experience in this social selling and influence space it'd be nice if we could add one or two more on by that time um we got to we got to december and we started tripling the numbers. Mm. So this is now not this is now not a funny little thing. This is a serious this is serious EBITDA implications. So this is now at board level. This is at investor level. People are seeing this that this this is a company changer. This is a company changer. So you get a you get a, a head of sales who's a little bit reticent about this and starting to say, no, this is super serious for us guys. You know things like things like um, we've been trying to get close to a company, a big big meaty player for a couple of years and we've not been able to get close in one week from one piece of content and a beautifully managed little connection grow a bit of a relationship have a chat blah 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 end up on zoom we've won a contract with them yeah we've won a contract with them they're talking to us about frame agreement you know things like that game changers so sales qualified leads have now gone up in some cases tripled um uh, getting into getting into conversations with clients that were unreachable or unattainable, they're now they're now being asked to come in because they've built relationships. They've they've, you know, someone someone put it the other day that we used to use um, not this company, it was another company. We used to use um, mass email, you know, big massive chunky, you know, that they were sending out this generated system that we're paying for was paying 
you know, sending out thousands and thousands of emails on their behalf. And they said it was okay, but whenever we got a lead from that, it was lukewarm. Mm. Whenever we get a lead from social selling, it's red hot. Right. Because it's the it's the it's the guy or the girl. Mm-hmm. We've connected to them for a reason. Mm-hmm. They've engaged with us for a reason. So that that that's almost like a red hot. You know, we're almost into like commercial commercial discussions almost immediately. Right, right. Which so, which is to- totally different. When you think about digital transformation success, that's what we're shooting for, right? It's like, yeah. but it does take people time to get there. It's not an overnight thing. You know, I, I joke around all the time about how, you know, you can't learn how to ride a bike at a one-day seminar, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. People yeah. are constantly asking us for these tips and tricks, but, you know, digital transformation is a mindset shift first and foremost. It's first saying there is a different way out here and I have been blind to it in in whatever way you said your head was in the sand and now you, you know, kind of help people. Let me get your head out of the sand (laughs) type of thing. But, oh my gosh, that is so interesting. And I think looking at it from any industry that historically has said, yeah, but our competitors aren't out there doing that. And all I can think is, Great. <laughs> Did you just hear what you oh, said? Oh, that's <laughs> that, you know. I remember. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I remember the very first pitch I ever gave as a. Now I was when I was in oil and gas. I would say I was at the top of my game. I was wheeled out by the guys to just seal the deal with the client. Right. I was just the here comes the MD, and I would come in and I'd maybe do some presentation work and do some connection with some of the guys, and we would we would seal the deal. My very first pitch as a social selling coach, I was a little bit nervous, right? Because I was back to, I, I, I used to feel as if, you know, I, I had imposter syndrome until I got into the swing of this. But my very, very first pitch, I got to a, a slide in the deck that said, here are some of the companies that we are currently working with, or we've just finished working with. And one of the guys said, well, this makes no sense to me because there's no companies like us on there. But then this, I hear this in marketing all the time is that they come to me and they say, oh, well, our comp- competitor's doing this, so we need to do this. And I'm like, Okay, first of all, I don't know that we should mimic a competitor, period. But secondly, you don't know if that competitor is losing their shorts on that initiative. You know nothing about the backstory. and You have no nothing about the SQLs or forget it, whatever jargon you want to place on top of it. You know nothing (laughs) about what's going on there. But that is the the first, you know, initial reaction that most people have is I got to go play where my competitors are playing and playing. And the it's actually the opposite is true. Why don't you play where your competitors have not even figured out that they need to be? Totally, totally. So so that beautiful little case study with that organization. Yeah, yeah, it, the, the numbers are the numbers are beautiful. You know, they're like 30,000, 30,000 clicks. Um, uh, likes and comments. Just this is just LinkedIn. 1.9 million views of their content in three months. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Just on one platform. Uh, conversations. Um, at, they've added they've added five five and a half thousand new uh, connections on LinkedIn as a group mm-hmm. of six. Just six people, and every single one of those is really meaningful because they they now don't approach connecting with people in a kind of random, yeah, I'll connect with them, whatever. Yeah. It's all very strategic. It's all measured. It's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, on, that's just on LinkedIn. So we've been doing a lot of work on, um, as we do by multi-channeling on, on, you know, back in the day, I remember the, the day that we said, right, guys, I need you to set up a Twitter account. And everyone goes, <laughs> why? Why on earth would we want to do that? 
because of the way that we work, again, thinking digital dominance, because of the way that we work on Twitter with hashtags, we've now got two or three of those people on the top 100 influencer lists in their hashtags. Now that gets people really interested. So now now people are like, so if we keep going like this, we we need to be in the top 10. The six of us need to be in the top 10 global influencers on those hashtags there, because if we're there, then we'll appear on Analytica. Now, this is them talking. We'll appear on Analytica as technical influencers in this space. That's where we want to go. That's where we want to be. Now, to hear to hear a management team who were sitting with the arms folded a little bit, mm-hmm. with, the, with the eyebrows a little bit raised on day one, now talking about how they get on Analytica influencer lists, <laughs> because that's really beneficial to our business, is an absolute joy. Well, two other things, too. There's such a nice breather that they're not sitting there saying, well, when marketing sends us these leads, number one, so they've finally taken the responsibility, mm. you know, and then the other piece of it is saying, and... I also am not going to operate in a complete silo. Also, it's when all of us have the same, you know, goal, when all of us have the same vernacular, when all of us, you know, rally around our expertise, then we together will make success. And I do think that there is that other piece of digital transformation um, or really in social influence that people think it's just about them. It's just about the individual. And it's not. These teams that come together for that corporate, you know, dominance is is such a powerful powerful thing oh it, it, no 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 question about that i mean the, the the it's it's almost like for each person that comes in and joins in and starts to behave like this and start to live like this it's like the transformer gets even bigger you know i mean it grows on it's got an extra an extra an extra gun or something on its leg and it's it's more muscular and stuff like that so that whole you can see it when you're talking to them saying, guys, when we get this right, we're going to get to a point where you guys are going to start to talk differently. You're going to behave differently. This whole in, this whole shared sense of purpose thing that we talk about, because no longer are sales going to be sitting going, oh, market haven't sent us any leads. There's nothing to do. Right, right. Um, your CEO, your CFO, your CRO, uh, your head of marketing, head of sales, head of operations, all of you are all in this. And you're all, you've completely changed the dynamic in your company and by the way, no one is panicking. Marketing aren't panicking because they've been done out of a job because they're now the central hub of it all. Sales aren't panicking because, well, well, well I'm supposed to be doing the closing. I'm supposed to be doing it because we, we all behave that we've, we've worked out new ways of working and everyone still gets to join in, be part of it. And we're all in it together. Mm. I love that. I love that piece. Yeah, I love that I piece. Too. Well, I think what we've solved on this episode is that if you came to uh, the conclusion that social influence is not for your particular industry, we hope we've convinced you otherwise. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. I really do. And it's it's a nice thing to just step forward. And, and at least if you're sitting there thinking, nah, it's definitely not for us. Definitely, definitely, definitely not for us. Um, just ask the question. Just get just get one of us or someone else on the phone, on uh, on Zoom for a bit of a chat, and we'll unpack it for you, and we'll show you what it's like. Right. Nothing like uh, social proof. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. Eric, thank you so much for coming on Digital Transformation Success. It's just you know pulling back the curtain and saying, look, this is just what's going on behind the scenes. It's we don't have to make it complicated. It, it no, it's it fun. Be, you know it. there there are pieces of it that are complex but it doesn't have to be complicated and we can just break it down and have fun along the way I love that beautifully put thank you
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.